Good afternoon, everybody. Today, before we get started with our lesson, I just want to point out a typo that I made um, on our slides that I used on Wednesday, and I apologize for that. I just put up this slide once again so we can double check on that. Um, this equation that we were um, using to calculate the overall heat transfer coefficient for a um, heat exchanger system has to match. So the outside overall heat transfer coefficient, it's going to be calculated based on the outside area. And here in the slide, should have said outside. And I had that as a typo. It said inside. So make sure that you um, revisit that if you took notes. And uh, Canvas should have now the correct version of the slide. So if you want to download again, that would be the best, um, just to make sure that you don't have any um, mistakes on your notes. And then the following slides is the same thing, because here I had it previously outside, and it should be inside, because that's the overall heat transfer coefficient for the inside uh, based on the inside, of the inside area of the pipe. And then as I was making this correction, because I noticed um, as I was reviewing the slides after the lecture, I noticed that, and I also thought that maybe it would be worth adding one more slide um, just to make one comment that I don't think I mentioned during our lecture. So I added this one. So what I'm bringing up here is the, if we look at the equation here and this slide and the equation on this slide, they're exactly the same. And this one, it's associated with the overall heat transfer on the outside. This one is associated with the overall heat transfer for the inside. But they're essentially the same, right? The value, the mathematical value is the same. So how does that come about? Like, how do you reconcile that? So the overall heat transfer coefficient is a value that represents the heat transfer coefficient relative, and that's the word, relative to the area that you calculate. So if you use the outside area, you have to tell me or whoever you are communicating with that that's the overall heat transfer based on the inside. If you use the outside, it's going to be based on the outside. So those two pieces of information always have to go hand in hand. If you tell me this is you and you don't tell me which area you use to calculate, it's almost missing part of that information. They always go together. And then, as you know, the outside area of a pipe is always going to be slightly larger right, than the inside area because the radius is a little bigger, right, or the diameter is a little bigger. So the outside value is going to be larger. So the U associated with the outside is going to be what? A little smaller. So this ratio here can be equal to each other. Does that make sense? So the message is, if you're calculating over overall heat transfer coefficient, you have to communicate if that's based on the outside or inside area. Those two pieces of information always have to be together, go hand in hand. And that was it. So now we're ready to take from where we left on Wednesday. And we were talking about uh, heat exchangers, and we were talking about calculating this overall heat transfer coefficient because inside of that heat exchanger, we have a combination of conduction and convection that it's going on, right? 
So today we're going to continue to talk about it, but we're going to add one more piece of information. When we talked about the types of heat exchangers that could be used in the food industry, we talked about thawing, which is that deposit of materials on the heat exchanger. And that's going to create a layer. So now if I have a clean pipe, so if I have here, right, the, I'm going to make it fairly thin. So that's my outside pipe, my inside pipe. And I had food traveling here, and I have steam traveling here. As food gets deposited here and creates a little crust, if I'm thinking about that convection and conduction, what did I just create? Another layer that I need to take into account, right? Convection inside, everybody ringing a bell? Conduction through the pipe. Now I have to consider that the characteristic of this deposited material in terms of thermal conductivity and thickness will play a role. So I'm going to have conduction through that. And then I have convection here, conduction here, and convection outside. So what I'm doing is, by having this falling happening, I'm creating one more layer that I need to take into account. And that's what we're going to look at it today and how we go about calculating and how does that fit into our system. So we're going to talk about the types of falling and how that affect our U, which is our overall heat transfer coefficient. So liquid foods, uh, when they're heated, they may deposit um, on the surface of that heat transfer. And that can happen in a circular um, heat transfer, um, or I should say heat exchanger, or it could also happen on the heat exchangers that have the plates. Either way, the food can deposit it there, and that's going to become one more layer for our heat to go through. So for the most part, that ends up hindering our heat exchange, right? Because now I have to go through one more layer, and I end up losing energy in that process. Also, it's going to influence our fluid flow, because now this food here doesn't have as much space anymore to flow. And if this keeps building and keeps building, my space for my food to flow gets reduced more and more. So it's also going to influence other things inside of that pipe in terms of amount of energy that I need to pump that fluid, amount of pressure inside of that, flu uh, that pipe. So the fluid flowing inside of that pipe will also uh, experience some um, restrictions. And um, the same thing is observed when liquids are placed in contact with subcooled surfaces. So we can have it in cooling or in um, heating processes. So the kinds of uh, falling that we could observe are those that are caused, or I should say, the types are listed here, and here's the mechanism of the process that could cause them. So you could have maybe precipitation of um, minerals that are part of your food, or um, some chemical reactions that is happening between the surface um, and the uh, components of that um, food. For example, protein, sugars, and fats 
Um, especially sugars, you know, they can um, be heat up and they go through a chemical change and they become uh, pretty much caramel, right, inside of those pipes. Uh, but that's actually a change in the configuration, chemical conformation of that sugar. So that's going to deposit and it's going to be a type of falling caused by chemical reaction. You could have just particles, little pieces of food that now deposit. You could have microorganisms attaching to that surface. That's another type of falling is biological growth of microorganisms there. When you are freezing, the freezing process itself will cause that to deposit, right? And I don't know if you remember or not, but we talked about that there's one specific type of heat exchanger that we use when we are trying to freeze things. Anybody remember what that was? We would scrape as we go because the name of the heat exchanger was scraped surface, right? Heat exchanger. And we can also have deposits that are caused because of corrosion that is happening on that equipment. So just be familiar with those, you know, because they um, happen quite a bit in food processing. And the way that we address this is by cleaning the equipment and sometimes, you know, most of the times cleaning in place and as needed, disassembly of the piece of equipment and scraping and cleaning, more like a deep clean of that equipment. So because now we have that deposit of the food, there are certain things that we may need to do to compensate. So either we're going to have to clean the heat exchanger on a more frequent basis, which costs money, right? Or I'm going to have to push more heat through that um, system. So if I was creating a heat, like a delta here, let's say that I was creating a delta of um, 20, uh, let's see, let me think, like maybe 70 Celsius degree. That's my delta. So inside, maybe I had steam at 100 Celsius degree, food traveling at 30 Celsius degree, and then I had a value of Q that was going through before falling. If I want to keep the same Q after, what am I going to have to do? It's harder now because I have one more layer to go through. What does it change? Do you guys remember uh, from Wednesday when we talked about what was one way that we could look at this and we were adding up? What were we adding up? Were we adding up the thermal resistance? So we were adding up the thermal resistance of convection plus convection plus conduction. Do you guys remember that? And we were adding each little piece of thermal resistance. So if now I have my falling happen, uh, happening here, what did I just do? I added one term here, right? So I made this harder to happen. I'm increasing the thermal resistance. So in order to keep this two equal, I'm going to have to increase what? My delta T to compensate for that. But that costs me money because now my steam here maybe have to be at 110 Celsius degree. And that costs me energy, fuel, to make that happen. Okay. So now let's look our, uh, at our um, system and then let's see how we were 
uh, would calculate that in our heat exchanger. So we already know that conduction and convection coexist. And we know that we're going to change this U here uh, when we have falling because our thermal resistance also going to be increased. So that U is going to change. So that's what we're going to talk about today. This is just um, reminding us of things that we learned and saw so far in this process. So these are equations that you should already have on your cheat sheet. So we have the, the, overall, the overall heat transfer. It's equal the overall heat transfer coefficient times the area times delta T. We have defined our thermal resistance as the inverse of the overall heat transfer coefficients in the area. And we can calculate the thermal resistance by adding those terms for convection, conduction, and convection for a system that it's clean, right? No falling, no anything. We also know that the thermal resistance is going to be equal the two uh, ratios. And we just discussed about that um, today because we brought that um, piece of information in the new slide today. So we have all that already. What we're going to add, it's that falling on the pipe. So if my clean pipe looks like this, when, it's fall, uh, when falling happens, I may have an inside layer caused by deposit of minerals in the water that was, for example, used to make the steam. So my steam may have minerals on it, and the minerals are going to deposit on the inside. And then I have food sort of baking on the outside. So potentially, I could have even one more layer to what we have discussed so far. I would have an internal layer and an outside layer. And we're going to consider that conduction is happening through those because we're going to assume that they are very you know, compact and, and somewhat solid. So that's how it's going to look like. So technically, technically, my diameter here for, I'm not going to draw on the board so I can actually show you because I don't want to. So if I have a, a situation that steam is on the inside, this is deposit on the inside, then I have the pipe itself. So this is the pipe. And here I have another layer of deposit, right? That's what we are seeing on that slide, deposit again. So if I... If I'm very precise and I measure the diameters and, ratio and the radius of each of these layers, they technically are different. Would you agree with that? Because this one is going to be the shortest or smallest radius. So I could say that it's Ri or R1 just for the sake. Then I would have an R2 that goes to here. And then I would have an R, well, actually, the one that I would consider is this one, sorry. So this here, this distance, it's my R1. This is my R2. And this would be my R3. So even though this is true, and they are slightly different, for the sake of keeping our calculations to a manageable level, 
we're going to assume that they're all the R of the pipe. So the area of the inside deposit, the area of the outside deposit, and the area of my clean pipe, I'm going to consider the same. That's what the slide is telling us here. The area of the fold, the, the pipe with the falling inside, it's equal the area of that pipe when it's clean. And the same thing for the outside. And the reason is because that film, it's so thin, so small, that it would make our calculations a lot more difficult and not add more to the story. But what adds to the story is what that film is made of. So we will have a certain amount of thermal conductivity that is associated with that. And that we'll take into account. So we're still going to count, but we're just not going to be as precise as to the level of saying that the area of the pipe changed. We're just going to consider that the area is the same. But we will have some on the outside and some on the inside that's going to hinder that transfer. So because of it, we are adding those two terms here. The, the amount of energy that it's going to be affected because of that falling on the inside and because of the falling on the outside of that pipe. But look, when I'm calculating the area, I'm calculating the area of the inside, like if it was clean, and the area of the outside, like if it was clean. And that RF value for this class, it's always going to be given. So all that you need to remember is that if your pipe went through the process of falling, you have to take that into account and add one more term. But those values for this class are going to be provided because they're really difficult to estimate and calculate. So you're going to have that information, and you're just going to add it to your um, equation. So as you can see now, our thermal resistance, it's a little bit larger, right? Because I have the convection inside going through that first layer of junk, the conduction through the pipe itself, second layer of junk, and then convection of my food. So the equation just became a little uh, longer. And we can um, calculate that based on the, if we're looking at the overall now, overall heat transfer coefficient, it can once again be calculated based on the outside area of the pipes or the inside area of the pipe. If we consider the outside area, then we're going to have an overall heat transfer coefficient for the fouled pipe based on the outside area. And again, like I mentioned to you, we have to provide both information together. Are you calculating based on the outside area of the system or the inside area of the system? And that's how we go about. Any questions so far? Because that's part of like what we build on. It's putting that little piece on our equation. And now we can kind of look and see how that plays on a problem. But do you have any questions about the theory, how we got here?
cases. Otherwise, then we're going to just apply to this problem, which you will see that it's exactly the same problem that we worked on on Wednesday, and I posted online. The only thing that we're going to do is we're going to take that system and we're going to now add the layers um, for falling. So I'm just going to get everything. Let's see if I have it here. going to get this all. Well, I should have left this picture, actually, because we could have used just to add our layers there in our information from the, from the problem. Let's read it together. So in a double pipe heat exchanger made of stainless steel, so how silly, because I'm going to just draw on top of what I had. So we have our pipe here, where food is going to be navigating through. Then we have the inside. Ooh, that's and that's my pipe for my steam. So I'm going to have steam on the inside, or how does it go? Does it say which one is it, which? So in a double pipe heat exchanger made of stainless steel, the inside pipe has an inner diameter of two centimeters. I'm going to save it to say that later. So an inner diameter of two centimeters. An outside diameter of 2.5. So outside, diameter of 2.5. The outer shell has an inner diameter of 4. Got a different color. So this one here, diameter of 4. The convective heat transfer coefficient on the inside surface of the inner pipe is 550. And the outside surface of the inner pipe is 900. Over continuous use of the heat exchanger, Falling, which is depositing of solids from the liquids on the pipe surfaces, caused additional resistance to heat transfer. It is determined that the resistance to heat transfer due to falling on the inside surface of the inner pipe, so I'm going to have deposit on the inner surface of my inner pipe, and this value is going to be it's the R, F, inner, 0 0.0038, 0 0.0038 square meter. Oops. 
for watts. <coughs> and on the outside surface of the inner pipe, it's 0.02. So I'm also going to have deposit on the outside surface, and that it's on the, it's my R for falling, it's my thermal resistance because of falling on the outside, that's what the letters mean. It's 0 0.002, 0 0.002, did I get? Yes. What else did it tell us? Okay, uh, we also know that it's, this pipe is made of stainless steel and has a K of 515 watts. That's another piece of information. Calculate the total thermal resistance of the heat exchanger per unit length. Calculate the total thermal resistance. So, total thermal resistance of the fouled pipe. So that's what we're going to try to do. Per unit length. So the length here would be one meter. So with the information that has been provided to us, we're trying to calculate the total thermal resistance. So what type of thermal resistance should I be considering here? That one associated first with what? from inside out, what comes first? The convection, right? And I just have way too many markers in my hand. And I need this second one. That's not what I want. It's not the one I want. I'm gonna look at this one, because it's not. So we're going to look at that so you guys can help me. The first one is the convection. It is going to be 1 over my area on the inside times my age on the inside. And then after that, what will come? If I go in order from inside out, what do I encounter next? The falling, right? Which is the R, F, for the inside divided by the area of the inside. Then, again, moving from inside out, my next thermal resistance is going to be associated with what? The pipe itself, which is the There we go. And then Moving yet from inside out, I come across the second layer of falling. R, F, O, the area on the outside. And then I have one more thermal resistance associated with the convection on the outside, which is going to be 1 over outside and outside. Do I have information to calculate all of these different things? I should have, right? It's just a matter of finding them all. So what is my area associated with my inside of the inside of this pipe? We're focusing on this pipe here. 
So focusing on that pipe, it would be pi dl. And you guys may have to help me because I don't have all my numbers with me. So area on the inside, pi d for the inside, 0 0.02 meters, length, 1 meter. Is that correct? So my area on the inside, this one I, sh I think I have it. You guys double check my math, 0 0.063 square meter. And then we have an area for the outside. I'm just going to keep moving in. Somebody please double check the numbers. For the outside would be pi d. For the outside now I'm talking about 2.2. Five, and I used the wrong number here, so I'm definitely going to need help. 0.025 times one meter. And this is meter, one meter. I do not have this number. 0.078. Thanks, Jeff. Yep, thank you much. Okay, so now we have this value, have this value, we have, we have, we have, we have, should have it all. Okay, let's plug it in and see what we get. The thermal resistance for this fall pipe would be 1 over 550 watts square meter Celsius times inside area 0 0.063 square meter plus RF1, 0, 0.00, one more zero, 38 square meter Celsius per watts times the area of the inside, 0 0.063 square meter. Plus, when you guys do this math, can you write down each term so we can double check ourselves? So if you can write it down and then we can compare notes to make sure that we're calculating correctly. What is my RO? My RO here, it's going to be 0 0.0125, right? And my RI inside, it's going to be 0 0.01 meter. Everybody agree with that? So my Log here should be RO 0.0125 meter over 0.01 meter divided by 2 pi k. It was given 515 watts per square per meter Celsius. Let me write it down. meter Celsius. This meter goes away with this meter. What else I have? Plus RFO. RFO. 0 0.002. How many zeros? Three. Area of the outside. 0 0.078 square meter plus 1 over 
outside convective heat transfer coefficient, 900 watts, times outside area, 0 0.078 square meter. Square meter goes away with square meter. What is my RTF, the first value here? 0 0.0? 29. See if you all agree, because I don't have the numbers. And that would be Celsius per watts. Plus, second term, these meters go away. I think I missed one zero, Jeffett. It's right, and then three? Zero three. zero three. Thank you. Zero three. And my units, Celsius per watts. This is a great way to check if our units are where they belong, and if all our terms are ending up with the same units at the end. So now what is this term? The calculation, the value? And I forgot one meter here. And I noticed that because I wanted to cross this meter and I didn't have a partner for it. But I just added because our length is one. So now I'm all good with my units. I'm going to end up with Celsius per watts again. So anybody has it for me? Did I get all the zeros? Because it's a lot of zeros. All good? Plus this terminal, zero point zero two five units Celsius per watts plus. We get it. The last one, zero point zero fourteen. Celsius or watts. And I finally found my page too. And let's see if we're going to match all the way to the end. So the thermal resistance total is, when we add it all up, 0 0.05. Are we good? That's what I got. You guys got that too? Celsius per watts. Okay, in addition to the busy math work, because that was just busy math, we, you know, as long as we understand that the thermal resistance is the sum of every little bit that contributes to it, we can get to that number, right? There was no Nothing else to it other than plugging the numbers on the right place. What I want you to consider is which of this, and, and again, this is just like for us to understand what's going on in our system. Which of the layers are the ones that contribute the most to my thermal resistance? What is, if I tell you that I want to improve my heat transfer, which layer or which piece I should work on? Let's look at the pipe. Is the pipe a big number or a small number? So my pipe is good, right? Using stainless steel was a good idea. It's not 
impeding my transfer. How about comparing mineral deposits on the inside versus the food on the outside? Which one is giving me more trouble? The falling on the inside or the falling on the outside? Maybe I should filter my water. You see where the practical applications come into place? The math is just the busy work. What I need from you is to think about and tell me what this means at the end. All good? Awesome. That's what matters. So let's go back and see, because I think there's one more thing. The overall heat transfer, so it's also asking us to calculate the overall heat transfer coefficient based on the outside area. We have that equation that tells us that the total thermal resistance, it's 1 over UA. Who are they asking me to calculate based on? Outside. So I plug like that, 0 0.05. Now it's busy math work again. 1 over overall heat transfer coefficient. Area on the outside, 0.078 square meter. So what is my UO here? See if we agree. 252-ish. What do you got? 256. I got 252, but it might be just approximation. Units. This one goes here, watts go on top, Celsius go on the bottom, and square meter goes on the bottom. Any questions? Again, just the importance here is understanding that we can't forget any little layer that we go through, and also then looking back and understanding who is doing what for our system, who is helping and who is hindering. So the question then becomes, we know that in a clean pipe, I have that equation, right? The overall heat transfer times the area times the delta T. And the C over there is just to remind us that it's the clean pipe. For a fall pipe, it would be a value of UF because the U now will change, right? The clean pipe didn't have these two pieces. And the fault pipe, which is the second equation now, have these two pieces. I know that this is true for the fault pipe. What if I want my heat transfer to be exactly the same in both situations? Practical application. I have a fault pipe, and I want it to keep heating my food to the same extent as my clean pipe. Looking at the equations, what can you do? And the answer is already here, but I want you to look at it and realize yourself as well that if we want this value to continue to be the same, we're going to either have to increase this value if this number is smaller, or we're going to have to change the area of that piece of equipment. I can make it longer, right? Then I can achieve the same effect. Any questions? Because I think it's going to ask us to calculate that now in this problem. So it's exactly the same problem. Double pipe heat exchanger made of stainless steel. 
Um, the inside pipe has an inner diameter of 2, outside of 2.5. Outer shell has an inner diameter of 4. It's exactly the same problem. Convective heat transfer on the inside, it's 550. On the outside, 900. Over continuous use, there was falling. That caused additional resistance to heat transfer. It's determined that the heat resistance is 0.0038 on the inside, 0.002 on the outside. How much extra area would I need to have if I want both pipes to show me the same heat transfer? How would we go about that? What am I going to erase? I'm going to erase this side here because I want to save some of this because we might want to look at it. But we already have the values for area, so hopefully this won't, we won't miss this one. So according to the equation that we just talked about, we want the U, pull it up just for you to see. We want the U of the fouled pipe times the area of the fault pipe, T1 minus T2 of the fault situation, be equal the U of the clean, area of the clean, T1 minus T2 of the clean pipe. So we want that Q for the fault pipe to be equal to Q of the clean pipe. So we want to maintain the same temperature um, gradient. So we can calculate this based on, um, on our use. So we're going to be looking at our use just like we did here. We want the temperature gradient to be the same. That's what our problem tells us. Let's look at the problem. It says, calculate the percent of extra area that would need to be added to ensure the heat transfer is the same as with the clean pipe. So we want these two values to be the same. We're not talking about changing temperature. So the gradient temperature is going to be the same. I'm not going to change the temperature of my heating medium. I'm not going to change the temperature of the food. So I can almost cross those two values out, right? Because the problem is asking us to make fix this fix the situation that we have at hand based on the area. So that's what we're going to do. Do we have the U of the F? We have based on the outside area, remember? So I can put outside, outside. I can put here outside of the clean, area outside of the clean. So I can now, I have this value. I know my area. What would be my U of the clean? Do I have that? Or I'm sorry, I'll take this back. Because we have the overall heat exchange coefficient of my fault pipe. That's what it was right here and I erased. The area of the fault pipe, it's what I'm looking for. This would be my new area. This area of the clean I have is the area that was, we were given. Do we know this yet? Q 
can we calculate? I bet we calculated on Wednesday on that problem that we solved that I put the solution online. I bet we calculated there because we were talking about the clean system there. Even if you didn't look at that problem at home, how would you calculate that? You would go back to here and what would you do? Take this away, take this away. So we would add up what? Somebody with a calculator really quick. This term plus this term plus this term. What would that be? The RT of the clean pipe. Did I get all the zeros? So now, my RT, it's 1 over U clean O, A O. So RT is 0.044, 1 over overall clean, it's what I'm looking for, times the area of the the outside, area outside, area outside, 0 0.078, 0 0.078, did I get it right? So what is my overall of the clean pipe based on the outside area? 2, 9, 1.4. My units would be watts per Celsius square meter. Now I have that one too, right? So now I have this value. And I can finally figure out my new area. Let's try and replace those numbers here. See if we can fit. UFO. What was that? 252. No, you said what, Jeff? Because we had different, slightly different. It was 254 or 6? Was 256? Anybody took note of that? Was 256? Watts, uh, Celsius, a square meter. Area of the fall pipe, it's what I'm looking for. 291. 0.4 times clean. What was the area of the outside clean? Zero point area outside clean, 0 0.078. Is that right? While somebody do, does this math for us so we can figure out what is the area of the file, the foul pipe. While somebody does that for us, zero point eight nine square meter. So let's look again. What does it mean? Because everything else is just busy math. What does it mean? If I look at my overall heat transfer of the foul pipe, heat transfer is it bigger or smaller? Clean versus fold. The fold pipe 
this one here, transfer less heat than my clean pipe. Does that make sense? Totally, right? Now, the area of my fault pipe, is it bigger or smaller of my clean pipe? Bigger if I want to do the same job. Does that make sense? Totally again. That's what matters for us here. You know, where does this fit and does it make sense? If I want to calculate as far as percentage, how much more this is compared to that? So if 0.078 square meter would represent 100% of the clean pipe, 0.089 square meter would be what? 114%. So I would have to increase my heat exchanger by 14% more to achieve the same heat transfer. Now because of this falling that I'm observing it. That's the implication. That's what we care about. Any questions? <laughs>